Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sportsman. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. And a terrific Tuesday to all you Valley sports fans. Wake up, everybody. Join the party. We got a party going on today, don't we, Vinny? Sure. Is that what this is? I didn't RSVP. Should I be here? Yes, you, sh- you should definitely <laughs> okay, be here. Definitely should be here. A lot of, lot of stuff going on today, Vinny. We are, what, two days away from opening day in Major League Baseball. That is correct. It's kind of a big deal. And, we are- by the way, Major League Baseball finally getting it right this year, and everybody's playing on opening day. There's a full yeah, schedule of games. Right. Who would have thought that would be a good idea? Yeah, for a while when they were doing that opening day on Sunday night to please ESPN, no bueno. Oh, you remember the bummer, like... Opening day would hit, and then the next day, the team that you follow would have the day off. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That was, yeah. Or opening day in Japan. Yeah, another. That was another great Bud Not to sound xenophobic or anything, but Australia? opening day belongs in America. The great Japanese pastime. <laughs> Didn't. The Diamondbacks opened on Australia? They did. They, they played in Australia, then came back and resumed spring training. They played two games. The goofiest thing I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, because I, I worked those games. I was sitting in here with Jeff Munn at 3 a.m. <laughs> and then, yes, yeah, so then they came back and played another week of spring training games. Well, I, and some would argue how those games night. went in Australia that the Diamondbacks did not yeah, they, open in Australia. They started off zero and two and never got above five hundred the rest never, of the year. Yeah, that was not a, that was not a good thing. So hopefully this baseball season will be much. But we're one day away. <laughs> from, from what, Beck? Yeah, yeah I'm, just, I'm not even going to say it. We're one day away, One folks. day away from who doing what. Yeah, from who doing what. That's what we're just going to leave it. Kevin Durant's debut in downtown Phoenix. One day away from that. So it's all happening. Feels, man, it's like deja vu. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah. the fourth time. <laughs> Dude was traded here on February 9th. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, the Super Bowl. March 29th. Mm-hmm. This and is literally the fourth sort of exciting debut. The yeah. excitement when he got traded here. Mm-hmm. The excitement when he made his original debut with the Suns. The excitement no, the when excitement he was no, when he made going. his debut on the press bench. Conf- yeah, the, the oh, press conference. Remember that? The debut yeah. on the bench, the press conference. Then There's the excitement of- when he made his actual debut. Then the excitement when he was going to make his home yep. debut. And now mm-hmm. this is like the fifth yeah. time. So we are going to know exactly where we stand with the basketball gods probably in the next 10 days, 11 days. Oh, yeah, we will. Oh, yeah, we're going to know. <laughs> yes. All right, Ferret, start the show. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Cannonball. Cannonball coming. Cannonball coming. 
The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Suns got their second straight win. They beat Utah in Salt Lake City, 117-103. Devin Booker scored 18 of his 24 points in the first quarter. Suns built an 11-point lead. It was a five-point game entering the fourth, but Phoenix controlled the final 12 minutes with a bench doing the bulk of the damage, scoring 29 points in that fourth. DeAndre Ayton returned from a hip injury. He scored 14 points, grabbed eight rebounds. Suns get their 40th win of the season. They remain in fourth place in the Western Conference, and they are back at it Wednesday night at home in what could be... Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant's first home game at Footprint Center. Durant has missed the last 10 games with an ankle injury suffered in warm-ups prior to a game against OKC back on March 8th. Good win for the Suns last night. It was kind of a strange game. Yeah, <laughs> kind of an ugly game at times. Yes, but uh, that second quarter was not something you're yeah. going to pin up on the refrigerator door. Definitely. Yeah, no, but as you said, the bench showed up last night, which was good. Uh, the second consecutive strong fourth quarter, that's mm-hmm. definitely something to build on. In a, in a team you had to beat and you did it, so yeah. Good. All good. Suns lead for fourth is still just a half game over the Clippers who beat Chicago 124 to 112 in LA. Nikola Batum had eight threes for the Clips. Uh, what do you know? The league rescinded Luka Doncic's 16th technical foul, so he was able to play in Indiana. Scored 25 points. The Mavericks snapped the four game losing streak with a 127 104 win over the Pacers. Nikola Jokic had 25 points, 17 rebounds, and 12 assists. The Nuggets topped the Sixers 116 111. In what was was supposed to be a matchup of MVP candidates, but Philly's Joe LMB didn't play. Calf well, they've had a they've had a rough go of it lately, Vinny. Yeah. You know, they've had a lot of tough travel and what a joke, right? Calf strain. And, Does and, that mean he's going to miss fifty one games like Carl uh, Anthony like Towns, Anthony Towns <laughs> did? This was an anticipated mano y mano for the MVP. Mm-hmm. And one wow. guy tapped out, and one guy pieced out. Uh, I'm Minnesota. just being mono. <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota won its fourth straight. They beat Sacramento at Golden One Center, 119-115. Putting on hold the Kings playoff clinching celebration, which has been 18 years in the making. Yeah, Jared said this yesterday. I I, I I have a hard time taking the Timberwolves seriously. They are the Suns' next opponent, by the way. But I have a hard time taking them seriously. But do they look a little different to you? They look like they're being serious right they now. Look- <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, they do. They didn't That's even have exactly. Carl Anthony Towns last yeah, night. I know. Uh, the NFL owners' meetings continue today at the Biltmore. This morning will feature the NFC coaches' breakfast. Oh, doesn't that sound delicious, Jarrett? Jarrett, what do you think of coaches? breakfast, Jarrett? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Third, third on my rankings okay. of, no. of favorite meals. But incorrect. I think of breakfast. <laughs> if I if if I am I do love a good breakfast burrito though, or a breakfast sandwich. Mm. You but prefer I, lunch to breakfast? Absolutely. Oh, all the time. Yeah. The thing is, because I, I on that. half of the breakfast options, I don't really care for like the sweet options, like pancakes and waffles and French toast and but you have all so that many stuff. egg options. Yeah, but oh, I, I love, I've I do never enjoy been eggs. an egg guy. I, no? I'm weird like that. I know I'm very, very if much really, in the minority on if that. If you really sit down and think about eating eggs, yeah, it is kind of gross. <laughs> it is kind. Of, when you do I the math them. on it, yeah, yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't don't think don't think about eating anything that you're. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, so the coach's breakfast, meaning uh, Carl uh, Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gannon will speak. Undoubtedly, part of the conversation will be centered around wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. 
whom the Cardinals reportedly gave permission to seek out a trade yesterday, according to Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated. So maybe we'll get some movement on this. Maybe we'll get some answers yeah. today. And it'll be interesting because this is a this is an, uh, an official league sanctioned event, and so I'm I'll be curious just to see how he how Jonathan Gannon kind of presents himself. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. I'm going to be curious, bugs. There'll be a lot of national media there. The league still buzzing over the trade demand made public by Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson on Monday, according to his tweet. Jackson informed the Ravens that he wants out back on March 2nd. Baltimore placed the non-exclusive franchise tag on Jackson, meaning he's scheduled to make over $32 million on a one-year deal in 2023. If he plays on that tag, teams could still sign Jackson to offer sheets. The Ravens could match. Two sides have until July 17th to work on a long-term contract, but now he's starting to get a little bit in terms of teams that might be interested in trading for Lamar Jackson. So we'll have some stuff on that today as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matias Michelli and Barrett Hayton scored 58 seconds apart in the third period to tie things up at 4-4, but the Coyotes still fell 5-4 to the Edmonton Oilers at Mullet Arena. Ryan Nugent Hopkins scored the eventual game winner for the Oilers in the third. Connor McDavid had an assist for Edmonton. He's got 60 goals and 80 assists this year. The first NHL player to hit the 140-point mark for a season since Mario Lemieux and Yaramir Yager both did it in 96. Wow. Oh, that's rare territory. Yes. Coyotes have lost five straight and are off until Friday when they host the Dallas Stars in Tempe. Jordan Lawler's two-run homer in the bottom of the eighth inning proved to be the game winner. D-backs topped the Guardians 7-6 in an exhibition game at Chase Field. Madison Bumgarner, five innings in the start, allowed just two runs. D-backs host Cleveland once again today at 1240 at Chase Field to put the wraps on the spring exhibition season. Cal Quantrill facing Ryan Nelson in that one. College Hoops' John Rothstein of FanDuel reported Monday that Arizona and Alabama are finalizing a deal for a neutral site game to be played in Phoenix at Footprint Center on January 20th. That'll be a, a good event. Or was it December 20th? Maybe December 20th. I might have, might have my date wrong. Uh, University of Texas just eliminated Sunday in the Elite Eight by Miami has removed the interim tag from men's basketball coach Rodney Terry's title. He is the new permanent head coach after he stepped in for Chris Beard when he uh, left the program after being arrested on a felony assault charge. And the women's Final Four is also set. Number one seeds, Virginia Tech and South Carolina joining the party with LSU and Iowa. Uh, Virginia Tech making their first appearance. They beat Ohio State 84-74, while uh, South Carolina topped Maryland 86-75. There you go. There's your splash for Tuesday, March 28th. We'll dive right into it. Sun's latest win, a road win in Utah. We'll get into all the details next. It's Big Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Cameron Payne brings it across into the forecourt. Dribbles between his legs. Payne with part of that big bench effort tonight. Suns bench outscoring the Jazz bench 46-25. And the Suns outscore the Jazz 117-103. The Suns win here in Salt Lake to improve to 40-35 and on the season. And have now won back-to-back games. They are now 16-23 and on the road. The Jazz lose for the fourth straight time and fall to 35-40. and 
40 on the season. The season series goes to the Suns as well as they win two out of three matchups with the Utah Jazz. John Bloom on the final call last night from Utah 117-103. The final, a, a solid win for the Suns. It started with a great first quarter. A pretty wretched second quarter and a very strong fourth quarter, which again featured a lot of starters wearing uh, sweats on the bench. They didn't have to tax themselves Mm -hmm. very hard in the fourth quarter to put that game away. Uh, But we said it before the Philly game, uh, and we said it after the Philly game, the most important thing for the Suns right now is finding ways to win games. And not only Mm -hmm. are they doing that, they're starting, and it looks like, and I don't want to get too ahead of myself right now, it's, it looks like they're starting to click in to playoff mode. From the starters to the bench, which had a v- another really strong outing last night with three players mm-hmm. off the bench in, in, in double figures. It was a good win. It was um, you know a, not a complete 48-minute game or performance by the Suns, but they did what they needed to do. Yeah, no, I agree with all of that. I, I, I couldn't help but think that it's, it's amazing how just the imminent return or the imminent debut of Kevin Durant has spiked uh, this team's performances twice now. And that's to say, when this team thinks that KD is really close to rejoining them, there's a sharpness and a focus to them. Mm-hmm. And and I think the first time around, it was probably to impress him. And now I think it's just a general sense of excitement. And the last couple games, there's been a real urgency to the Phoenix Suns. You could see it with Devin Booker um, diving on the floor last night. For loose balls, this is, and that's good to see. It's good to see that that this team kind of feels that heat a little bit. Yeah, um, the defensive performance at the end of the game, at the end of the third and the uh, fourth quarter, certainly caught the eye of Monty Williams. I just thought the, the defense in the fourth, um, but I think it started at the end of the third when our bench came in, and Busy and TJ and Ish. Um, Cam just came in and changed the dynamic of the game um, from a physicality standpoint, getting stops, um, and that allowed for us to get out and play in transition. And this also marked the first time the Suns have won two straight since the KD injury in warm-up. I just think we're, we're, we've had so many obstacles, and it breaks rhythm. And I think we've, we're learning how to be consistent with things that come up. Like, you may have an injury, you may have travel, you may have a crazy part of your schedule. I mean, we played on the road, came home for like less than 48 hours, and then we're out. Again, you have to adjust. Um, but the style of play can remain consistent. And I think that's what you've seen the last couple of games. Uh, we played a really tough Philly team and beat them one way. And then tonight we had to win against the team that's been confusing a lot of offenses, playing a zone, and we, we beat them on their floor. So I think we're just figuring out how to be consistent with our style of play, no matter who's on the floor or what the situation is. Yeah, so they get to this point now with their 40th win. Tomorrow marks a home game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Everybody is kind of talking about that as being the return of Kevin Durant. Although within the team, again, there's like this air of mystery. Terrence Ross did the post-game interview on Valley Sports Arizona after the game. And he's like, I didn't know he was coming back. Kind of playing at coy. Uh-huh. Uh, Monty Williams was asked, hey, is uh, is... 
KD coming back on Wednesday? We'll see. You know, I, I got to get the information from our team. Um, he's working his tail off. I'm not quite sure because I've been so focused on the team that we have on the floor. If all the boxes are checked, then we will evaluate, but we have to wait and see. Um, he's been working his tail off. He's, he's done everything possible to get himself back as close as he can to game shape, but it's hard to know. So we just got to check all the boxes before we make any statements about his play. What do you make of the tone of that quote from Monty Williams? Uh, my initial take on it was they are going to do everything they can to not make this a big deal tomorrow night. Okay. That's, not how, that's not how it struck you? No. I mean, I think the way it struck me was I don't think Monty Williams wants to play him right now. Oh, okay. I think, I think if Kevin Durant makes his return tomorrow, that's going to be a Kevin Durant decision. Oh, okay. Interesting. I had not looked at it that way. I hadn't looked at it the way you looked at it. Yeah, that's funny because I was... I haven't looked at it at all. Yeah, well, that doesn't surprise (laughs) either of us. (laughs) (laughs) When you... See, to me, I think there's this... The last thing they want to do is build this up again and let people down if A, he can't play, or I I think they just learned a harsh lesson. Because again, as, as we talk talked about in the opening segment we've 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 celebrated this guy five times already and, and i think on some level it, the team doesn't want it i'm not sure kd wants it i'm not sure that vibe in that arena made him feel all that comfortable the first time around mm-hmm. maybe you're right may, may, maybe they want to just hold this off i don't know they have one I mean, two straight that's a good point that's the, a really things, good point things look pretty smooth it's only two games i, I mean the way i look at it mm-hmm. is if he's ready to go, if he's healthy enough to play, you're running out of time. The sands in the hourglass are becoming fewer and fewer as we get closer to the playoffs, and you want as much time with Kevin Durant. And I don't care that you say, oh, he, he, he just he blends in so well immediately. You still want to maximize the time together with your main pieces on the court. Because it does, cause we all it's not about Kevin Durant. It's about everybody else knowing and feeling as seamlessly on the court with him as he does. Mm-hmm. And that, that doesn't happen overnight. Just because Kevin Durant is great at swooping in and blending in and just getting his shots and getting his buckets doesn't mean that the people around him feel the exact... You know, it, there's, there's, just, there's something to say for reps. Right? Mm-hmm. Of course. And so if he comes back tomorrow, that will give him 10 games. Hopefully, if he plays all seven, 10 games with the Phoenix Suns going into the playoff run. Mm-hmm. Chances are he's not playing all seven. But then again, you, you don't know what that end of that schedule is going to look like. That last home game against the Clippers to end the season, um, which would be ironically on the two-month anniversary of the Kevin Durant trade, That let's hope that doesn't have big implications for the Suns. Yep. Could be a playoff preview. Yeah. Devin Booker was asked about Kevin uh, Durant's return, too. He said he's excited about it. Yeah, I think it's a good time. Um, playoffs are right around the corner, so, you know, it's a good time to be full of strength. Um, we obviously have some kids to work out, and you can only do that by, you know, experience playing with each other. And, you know, our first three games together went really well, and, and I'm excited to get back to that. That's a smart response right there. 
I like the way mm-hmm. Devin Booker's looking at it. So we will see if uh, Kevin Durant's on the floor, but the Suns get win number 40. Still in fourth place just by a scant half game over the L.A. Clippers. Grammy award-winning artist Muse is heading to Desert Diamond Arena this coming Sunday. We're giving you your shot to win tickets. Just head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win. Coming up next, the NFL owners' meetings continue in the Valley this morning, and there will be a focus on uh, Jonathan Gannon's interview today concerning, one, DeAndre Hopkins. We'll get into the latest there next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. It is the Tuesday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings. We come to you live from the Auction Community Studios here at Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, Jared Carlin, Sarah Cazell with you until 10 o'clock. NFL owners, general managers, coaches, all the media, they're here again. Do you think the media is getting tired of coming to Phoenix? No, absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. Uh, They are here for the owners' meetings going on at the uh, Arizona Biltmore. The NFC coaches' breakfast is today. Kind of an informal setting where the media members mm-hmm. basically get to sit at a table and yeah. uh, have a conversation with the the uh, various NFC coaches. That means Jonathan Gannon's first go as the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm sure he's going to be asked a lot about the DeAndre Hopkins situation. And ultimately, it's not his maneuver. This is a Monty Fort maneuver. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean the questions won't be asked. And a, a bit of a new development yesterday, Albert Breer from SI reported... Um, what he wrote on the situation was the Cardinals' initial ask to get a second rounder and another asset for Hopkins seems to have fallen flat, and there are teams waiting to see the price come down in the wake of the Brandon Cooks trade. To try to facilitate something, I'm told Arizona has granted teams permission to talk to Hopkins and his agents, but the combination of his age, injury history, and friction with the teams he's played for has made him a tougher sell than I think the Cardinals anticipated. Mm. One way creatively they could improve the giveback from another would be to pick up part of Hopkins' $19.45 million base salary for this year before trading him. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, listen, I, I do think that this is a, it's, it's a very bizarre uh, set of circumstances that I, I really have a hard time wrapping my head around the fluctuating value of these draft picks and, and, why, and how at this point in time it seems like you, you hear the New York Jets Ah, we're not giving a no first rounder for Aaron Rodgers. We're not giving you that, and and then you st- stopped your you stop and you say, well, hold on a second here. Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Is he not worth the first round draft pick? Of course he is. But in that case, the Jets look at him and know that that relationship with Green Bay is busted. So they're trying to seize on that leverage. And again, this is why the Cardinals, it's imperative, at least in my opinion, to not show any signs of this weakness and and be prepared to call DeAndre Hopkins bluff. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to create any controversy here, but you can't give this guy away. And, and other teams want, that's exactly what they want the Cardinals to do. Give him away. Yeah, which I agree with you. They they can't do. I think it mm-hmm. sets up a, a lousy precedent for for a new uh, a new regime in the in the front office. What but, do you think? What do you think DeAndre Hopkins' reaction would be if somebody said, "Dude, who's better, you or Brandon Cooks?" What do you think he would say to that? I. He would laugh at that. Yeah, he, he would, would laugh say, for I. a while. He would laugh for a while. Yeah, and, and Brandon Cooks is a solid receiver. He is. But he's been traded four times. There's yeah. a reason why he exactly. gets traded all that exactly. all that much. And and if D Hop is is truly that elite, and we've seen it in moments, 
This is this is no this is no time to be obliging and be being agreeable. But just the way I feel about this, I know you've said it. You can't wrap your head around the the fluctuating value of draft picks. It's very confusing. What I can't wrap my head around is when there's a trade to be made. When a team gives a player, you know what? You go look for the trade. <laughs> you see what you can find. Mm-hmm. I've never understood that process. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense to you? I, uh, that it generally, to me, that is the sign of a team that that is that is voicing the fact that we are doing you a solid. We are we are uh, efforting to get you what you want, which is out of here. Uh-huh. But. We're not going to waste any of our own human capital doing it. We've yeah. got we've got other things to do. I mean, we have to build a football team, not subtract pieces from it. To hold that up, you know, the, the Suns did that once upon a time with Jay Crowder, mm-hmm. and he sat on the sidelines from September that guy. to February, and nothing came of it. That permission. The Suns ended up including Jay Crowder in a deal that they did not want to include him in. <laughs> That's a great point. So, and then he was immediately did, traded again. Immediately yeah. traded yeah. again. So I wonder, um, you know, it, it might just be cosmetic to, to put to put the message out, hey, we're, we're willing to work with you, we're willing to work with other teams, but mm-hmm. it's got to work for us. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. They can't give away DeAndre Hopkins. This is, uh, it's, it's interesting because generally uh, the owners' meetings, only big things generally happen during the owners' meetings. Uh, a longtime Cardinal fans will remember it was this time of year when, when we woke up and got news that Emmett Smith is signing with the Cardinals. Emmett Smith tweeted about it. Yeah. Uh, yesterday oh, was the did? anniversary oh, of, of his signing. Okay. And he said he'll always have love for Arizona. Okay. I thought he had just forgotten about those two years. <laughs> so did I. I thought he tried to scrub them from his, from everything, right? He um, had four pictures and everything. Yeah. And and again, this was this was at a time when the Cardinals were really not thought of very highly. So the the Emmett Smith news was, it, it, I think there was a, a a a belief, immediate belief that okay, this guy's pretty much past his prime. The Cowboys don't even want him anymore. But it, the fact that Emmett Smith was coming there, it was so. So odd for a big named athlete to come to our yes. football team that people were like, "What?" I'll, I'll never forget that day as long as I would. And, and again, it could never live up to that excitement. It was just this feeling that this god awful football team of ours somehow brought in a big name free agent. Yeah, They've come the, a long way since then. All time leading rusher. Yeah, signed with the Arizona yeah. Cardinals, and mm-hmm. that was in the Sun Devil Stadium days. The other big story that happened yesterday was the Lamar Jackson uh, trade request, which happened on March 2nd, according to Lamar himself, and he timed it out perfectly with the beginning of John Harbaugh's media availability at the owners' meetings, and it made for an uncomfortable situation. And most people that were there said, ah, Harbaugh did the best he did because he had no clue that Lamar Jackson's camp was going to, to put that out there. But to localize it, and we talked about it, and it's a pipe dream, but I brought it up only because I heard people in the newsroom talking about it. Lamar Jackson, why don't you, why don't you trade him for Kyler Murray? Oh. Guess, guess where else they're talking about it, Pick On NFL Live on ESPN, Marcus Spears. I'm going to focus on the more fun part uh, that you said, Buggy. What about the Cardinals? What about <laughs> sending Kyler Murray in a pick? And getting Lamar Jackson, right, similar. Uh, The Ravens wouldn't have to change much. 
Maybe you involve the passing game. Todd Munkin comes in. He can build and formulate a new relationship with Kyler Murray. We know what the contract uh, language was when Kyler Murray was re-signed. We know what they had to go through. By the way, a Philadelphia Eagles assistant was hired as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals who just came from an offense with an athletic dual-threat quarterback. What about that? And you would get a guy back that you wouldn't have to change much if you're the Baltimore Ravens, since the one you have doesn't seem to be suitable enough to pay him the amount of money he's asking for. Again, to throw cold water all over the the fun, the situation, yeah. the, the contractual uh, elements of, of Kyler Murray's deal, especially after $41 million cap loss yeah. right now if they trade Kyler Murray. And that is effective as of last Saturday when they picked up his option. So you can talk about it all you want. Not happening. <laughs> look, look. <laughs> uh, but Dan Orlovsky also chimed in on the uh, same show from the Baltimore reaction standpoint. Baltimore would lose their mind <laughs> if the Ravens did that. They would lose if it was oh, just a straight fans? up trade with yeah. Tyler. Lose their mind. I, 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 get the, I like you your premise, though. If you're Arizona, you're like, hey, what Dan, are the chances? Dan, let the man have some fun. Um, now, you could trade Hollywood Brown and Kyler Murray back to, to Baltimore for Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Maybe that would work a little better for Baltimore. Maybe they wouldn't be so angry then. Take all of the red tape out of it. Would you do right it? Right now. Yes, I would do it. One yes. for one, Kyler Murray for Lamar Jackson. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I don't I don't I don't think it's a, a clear cut argument because there are things that Kyler Murray does better than Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson. One of them's pretty important for a quarterback too. He throws the ball better than Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson's a little underrated in that but but I He's do I don't know what you're saying. He's improved on it. Lamar Jackson's record, I believe, as a starter in Baltimore's it's ridiculous. It's like thirty six and five. Uh, he does not get nearly the credit he deserves. But uh, yeah, I but don't the think playoff it, failures are well documented as yeah, well. Well, that is true. Injuries. Mm-hmm. And then, the, and that's that's the thing you'd have to worry about Lamar Jackson going forward. When, I mean, when does when does the party stop? Kyler Murray's been injured the last few years too, though. Yeah. Well, and he doesn't even play the physical brand that Lamar does. That is true. Yeah. I guess that's just part of looking. Look, we we talked about is it such an easy answer for Bick to say yes, absolutely. How, how much of the last offseason did we talk about potentially trading Kyler for Deshaun Watson? I mean, I, I like Lamar Jackson better than Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Not at the time that we were having those discussions. No. Well, yeah, no, no. <laughs> like a lot yeah, of people better than yeah, Deshaun Watson we, now. Yeah, yeah. Before before all the weirdness surfaced, yeah, that was uh, that kind of changed the tone of that conversation a little bit. Um, yeah, no, I I think that if I the, Lamar Jackson is just such a, a he's beloved by his teammates. He's such a he's such an underrated leader in terms of. Other players rallying around him. It's it's everything Kyler Murray's missing, and so yeah. Again, it's a pipe dream. Yeah. So it, it's I would do it, but it's it's I, not happening. I think ultimately I would do it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phoenix Rising FC season uh, home season kicks off this Saturday against San Diego Loyal SC. We're giving you the chance to win tickets. Head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for details and your chance to win. Coming up next, we'll go around the NBA. A little floor burns and surprise, surprise. A Dallas Mavericks superstar was on the court after all last night. That and more next. It's Bickley and Murata This league morning. is rigged. <laughs> Here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Here's Wood trying to do high-low with Doncic. Gets it to him along the baseline. Luka makes the save, but double team. Luka's still looking. Gets up in the air. Wrap around. Oh, what a find. Hardy for three. You've got to be kidding me. 
That's the call on 97.1 The Freak in Dallas. The Mavericks Radio Network. I don't know if you saw that pass that Luka Doncic made, double teamed on the baseline. It was pretty damn special. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a great call there, a good there player, too. Vitty. Yeah, Luka Doncic was on the court last night. Mm. He left the airwaves yesterday. I thought he was, thought he was suspended. What he, happened? He What'd was I miss? suspended. <laughs> he picked up his 16th mm-hmm. technical foul of the year. In a game on Sunday, that leads to an automatic one-game suspension the next time out. But yesterday, interestingly enough, in a game that the Dallas Mavericks had openly termed a must-win situation for them because they're still on the outside looking in for the play-in, a road game at Indiana, the NBA says, you know what, Luca? We're going to rescind that technical fail. You've only got 15. You can play tonight. And what was their reasoning for that, Vinny? I don't know. Really? I don't know. That's slightly suspicious. Now, apparently, the game on Sunday um, that was in the loss to Charlotte, mm-hmm. Doncic argued a no call after missing a shot on a drive to the basket, which happens about, I don't know, 38 times a game mm-hmm. for Luka Doncic. Kevin Scott was the crew chief. He said in a pool report after the game that Doncic used a profanity directed at the officials in protest to a no call that was correctly judged in post game video review. So, why did they rescind it? If he if he directed profanity at the official and it was held up in post game review as the correct call or correct no call, maybe maybe Mark Cuban cut a deal with the league. Uh, you uh, rescind that suspension and I'll drop the protest. I don't know. I, I don't know either. But listen again. This is just this is this is the NBA playing with proverbial fire once again. You do something like this. Good luck convincing people you're not rigging your outcomes. Are you you're telling not me favorites? They would rather have Luka Doncic in the playoffs than the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yes, <laughs> I am telling you exactly that. And and so again, this is that's a bad look. That's a real bad look. I I said this yesterday. I couldn't stop thinking about this. That if Luka Doncic played for the Phoenix Suns, do you know how much he would hate me? Because I would be ripping him endlessly. Does anybody in Dallas rip Luca for his on-court demeanor? I don't know. Does my guy Tim Cowlishaw rip Luca because he needs to be ripped for it? He's his demeanor on the court is just disgusting, and I love his game. Hate hate the player, love the game. Well, that's the exact opposite of what they tell you to do. They say, don't hate the player. Hate the game. Mm. (laughs) He's so good, though. I I wonder, it would be very hard if you're a Dallas fan because he is so good and he is the face of your franchise. Can you have any objectivity to the way he plays? But don't you you understand by the end what the NBA just did? Obviously, Luka knows these refs aren't going to kick me out. So he pushes it and pushes it and pushes it, and and they never toss. And this is this is only going to buffer his idea that you're not going to discipline me. I mean too much to your globalization. I mean too much to your your European fan base. Look, I'm the favorite child. There Try was me. a lot of people on social media suggesting but, such yesterday because it was a big game for Dallas. They're a half mm-hmm. game out of the play-in right now. They've got, what, six games left. Mm-hmm. Can Luka Doncic go six full games without getting a technical and putting the NBA on the spot again? It's very feasible that mm-hmm. Luca could pick up a technical any time between now and the end of the season oh, and yeah. end up costing his team that plan. That's true. Because I don't, I look, Indiana stinks out loud. <laughs> I don't know if they needed Luca to win that game last night. And it was a rare Luca and Kyrie win, by yeah, the way. That was right. only their fourth game. You don't have a whole bunch of those. Floor. 
Yeah, listen, I, I'm um, I as somebody who goes out of his way to try to to pierce this this delusion that people have that we're watching rigged outcomes in the NBA. This is, the NBA should should be embarrassed for something like this by something like this. And, and Dave Pash even said it yesterday. Luke is doing what Luca knows he can get away with. Mm-hmm. It's up to the league to address this for once and for all. It's I, out of control. It's absolutely out of control. I know you've been you've been, you know, beating that drum about, you know, the the officials finally digging in and saying we're not putting up with this anymore. If you really want to make that the movement, that's where you start. Mm-hmm. They have to start with that, Luka. No, you, nobody is as demonstrative and as nobody. disrespectful to the officials nobody. as Luka Doncic. Uh, completely agree. Completely so, agree. How would you like to see the NBA address it? Uh, I would like to Kick do him it. out of the league. <laughs> <laughs> Ban him for life. But you, pissy. Vince, always the level-headed basketball player. When it comes to Luka. the problem. Yeah. But uh-huh. you, you pointed this out, though, yesterday, though, uh-huh. that, that when the reps do sort of take a stand, and we saw this with certain players on the Spurs back in the day, then they say, like, well, the refs are making it all about themselves. The refs have a vendetta against certain players. Yeah. Yeah, listen, you, you've got, but you've got to, they're going to have to bite the proverbial bullet. You can't do it now. You're going to have to do it at the start of a season when, when you can really enforce this thing. It's twofold. There's got to be a zero tolerance policy among officials. In terms of if you come barking at them, it's an automatic T. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't have to be vile. It doesn't have to be foul. It, whatever you say and you're, argue, you're teed up. It's like Major League Baseball balls and strikes. It's the same principle. And then you've got to, you've got to make it so you're not ejecting guys and fouling guys out by no longer giving the star a star treatment. Again, this I think you've got to drill down to what we're talking about here, and that is what is this star treatment all about in the NBA? Why does it exist? Why, why is it that when Joel Embiid drives the lane and fouls somebody – they they call it on a t- or they call it on a teammate and what is the root of it and I firmly believe it's the NBA is fearful of fouling out its star players because nobody comes to watch referees ref basketball so then True. you start then you start giving the star players star treatment and it throws everything out of whack to the point where stars expect it why don't they just accentuate it though why don't they go you you said hey, take the the fouling out element from the game. What if every team going into a game got to designate a player or two players and said, these are our star players tonight? They get extended fouls. They're not in danger of fouling out. They get seven or eight to work with. Everybody else gets six. Why not do Everybody knows the star treatment exists. Mm-hmm. Why not just go further down that road? If, it, if it's an actual issue, which... From game to game, it can be. I, I, I acknowledge that. Uh, because if if you acknowledge that star p- treatment exists in the NBA, and I, th- I think we all agree it does, then then it c- gets murky. Well, how do you define a star? Who is it? And, and why doesn't it apply to certain players? And, that's, the, and that's, that's been Devin you, Booker's beef for years. Let the teams decide who their star that's is. That's interesting. That that's an interesting concept. Yeah. Designate a star? Yeah. Or, star or just, as I said, it, don't... Just make fouling out a thing that doesn't happen. But once you get past six individual fouls, the penalties become prohibitive. Like you get you you give the other team two points and two free throws, or two points and the basketball. Or like if you commit eight fouls, that player 
goes to bed without dessert. <laughs> something, something like that. Well, again, it's I know when you drill down, it sounds asinine. It really does. But but again, I just I cannot stand watching this the nonstop complaining. And he does it to a level that nobody else does. Again, he, he jumps up and down and I, throws a tantrum like a like a child. He does, and, and it's just the other game. And Dave Pash worked that game, the Golden State game, when he was spending an entire offensive possession joying with refs, yeah. letting his team play four on five. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is that? How entitled can you be? Apparently, pretty entitled. Yes, apparently so. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not a fan of what the NBA did with this. This is just that's that's almost like confirmation bias. Yeah, is what might, that is. Might come back to bite him though, because again, he's still one away from a, a one game suspension, and they need all the wins they can get. Coming up next, the Suns needed a win. They got it last night in Utah, thanks to another uh, strong performance from the bench. Is this sustainable? Does it even need to be? We'll get into those topics next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.